You're listening to JJ Live. This is Julian Munyar. Happy New Year. I hope that this is a very fruitful year for you. And I want to thank you for supporting the podcast. And I really hope you've benefited from being a part and listening to the show. This is the first episode of 2019 and we have Damien Collins joining us. Damien is a professional triathlete and has competed in and won multiple recognized triathlons around the world and been at the starting line with some of the best endurance athletes. Damo started out in the 2013 Ironman Australia, where he placed third. Then in 2014, I actually found out in, uh, after Port Macquarie that I was half a ride at triathlon, so I went to Ironman New Zealand uh, with the focus of qualifying for Hawaii, which I won my age group there. That same year, uh, it was my first world championships in Hawaii and I was fourth, which for a first timer that was a that was a great result. Results kept flowing in with more wins in his age group until 2017. I took a pro license in 2017, went over to Japan. Up until 2016 I was racing as an age grouper, which you basically you're racing as an amateur um, against other amateurs. When you take your pro license you've got a meet a certain criteria to be able to apply for it and once you've met that criteria you submit your application into Triathlon Australia and then they will either say yay or nay if you granted a pro license. In this episode we talk about Damo's journey as an athlete, being fresh out of school and looking for your path. Damo also talks about how he stumbled upon the idea of being a triathlete, the grind of training and the years it took to find the balance. We touch on success and challenges, and how he really made success happen. Damien shares about some of the things that go through your head in a pro race, and his love for the sport, and why the hustle of early mornings and hard training becomes much less of a thing because of his commitment and determination to reach his goal. We touch on motivation on a physical and mental level, and his drive for life. I'll let Damien take it from here. I still remember my very first pro race. Um, I lined up and I was standing side by side with a five-time world champion and there was just all these other like legends that I looked up to for so long, and I'm at the swim start, just shitting myself, is going, "Holy crap! What a like! Look at this! <laughs> it was only a couple of years ago I was standing here, just like doing one of my first triathlons." Mm. Um, but yeah, in I guess 2000, so 2017, that was um, the first year racing as a pro, and had uh, was fifth place over in Japan at a prestigious race called Strongman. Um, won a small Olympic distance in America, um, won a race down in South Australia, which was a half Ironman distance, and my first pro Ironman didn't go so well, um, cancelled the swim at Bustleton, and then the next year we followed on, um, in 2018, this was probably my best year when you think of it as... Uh, achievements going like progression in the sport but mm. on saying that I also had an absolute shocker of a year because yeah. first race of the year I ended up crashing and I broke my collarbone 
um, there was also very good progress because, you know, it, it made me realise that I actually was doing and am doing okay in the sport. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to make that jump from age group racing where you're the best and you're always winning races to, you know, you're jumping in the pro ranks and you're racing some of the best guys in the world and you don't ever expect to mm-hmm. beat some of these guys. But, you know, when you're, when you're holding your own in some races, it's actually a good feeling. The last few months, you spent some time in Switzerland. Tell me exactly what were you doing over there? Okay, so I left for Switzerland in July. Uh, This was in 2018. And I was going over for about 10 weeks. Now, every year my coach, Cameron Watt, goes over to Switzerland or America and mainly mainly Switzerland and America but and there's a train we just do a training camp over there this year we had about no there's nearly 10 people from our squad over there it's a really good environment St. Moritz is at about 1800 meters so you're at altitude obviously the training becomes a lot harder because there's less oxygen in the air but then when you come back down to sea level it just feels so amazing because you can actually breathe and really um you're def- training involved in having to like breathe up there and, or is yeah just- so the first year i went to altitude in 2017 it was um we we're in park city and it was a little bit higher it was like 2200 and literally just walking upstairs you get to the top, top of the stairs and you just be like <sighs> man Oh. <laughs> if you're riding with your friends, that's that's so funny, and you'd be laughing because you're trying to laugh and breathe and ride. You like nearly have to hop off your bike because you couldn't breathe yeah. anymore. Um, so yeah, it, not only is it the altitude up there, but one of the great things is when you get in a camp environment, is there's no distractions. Uh, you know why you're there. You're training full time for a couple months at a time. Like personally for me, I know that my phone's never going to ring. I'm never going to get called into a job at work. And it really allows me for a couple of months of the year to really dig into some training. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also some races in Europe that I wanted to focus on. So it was just a matter of putting in some, um, some good solid months in and then jumping about to some countries and um, doing some races that I was targeting. Yeah which was uh, one was that Ombreman race yeah, okay. in France and the other one was Ironman Frankfurt, which was the uh, the European regional championships. Well, you're 28 now. How has the whole athlete journey been for you? I mean, you've talked about your races and what's involved in the profession you've, you're in. Um, I sort of accidentally got into it. Um, I definitely didn't come into this sport yeah. in the way that a lot of the juniors come up through it. You so. stumbled upon it. Yeah, I I was always just like surfing and being active and having fun and um, we had a race on the coast here which was called Hell's Bells which was a adventure race. Now, if you're not familiar with adventure racing, it's uh, it's navigation based. This was a 24-hour race. Um, mountain biking, kayaking and running and orienteering and um, row gaining and all that sort of fun stuff and just a couple of us boys just decided that we put a team in and we sucked so bad but it was so much fun yeah that's cool so then from there it was like oh i've got to get better at this so i started mountain bike racing just to basically train for adventure racing so they started going hand in hand and i did that for about a year 
year and a half, two years. I'm not, I'm not even sure now, but um, another one of my friends who was mountain biking had always wanted to do an Ironman and I was sort of getting frustrated with the whole team environment thing. And it was more because the sport was, it's the sort of sport where you have to be in a really good team and unless you're doing it all the time, it's hard to find those good teams to sort of slot into. So just uh, wanted to do something challenging and I don't know, we just thought doing an Ironman would be a great idea. And he did his first one in Port Macquarie. I did mine. Um, however many years later, I'm racing pro as a triathlete now and he's still mountain biking and he's never yeah. done another one. So we both took completely different paths. Yeah, It's just I found um, I didn't really train for it properly. I just I had a ball, had so much fun, but I wasn't doing it for any other reason other than just self-satisfaction. And yeah, yeah I was like, oh, wow, if I actually apply myself and try at this sport, you know, I could probably go right at it. And that was... 2013 i did my first one so i was 23 where you know a lot of guys starting the sport started as you know when they're, they're swimming when they're eight seven mm-hmm. or eight or nine and they swim for years and years and years yeah. and you know they've come up through the junior program so i got a extremely late start on the sport which i really wish i could rewind and take it back so i could be at my age now and be at a very high level in the sport but unfortunately we can't do that yeah. so you just um you got to make the most of what you've got at the time. You said you stumbled upon the idea of being an athlete. And a lot of people come out of school and are like, what on earth am I going to do? Yeah. Did you find yourself in a similar position? Um, no. No, not really, because as we were just discussing off air before, I didn't finish grade 12. I didn't even start grade 12, actually, because I wanted to do a trade. So it took me a year to find a plumbing apprenticeship. And I got offered one, and I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. So I did my apprenticeship, um, finished my apprenticeship, and then I went out to sort of Moranbar, North Queensland, did some civil construction and operating up there, and then did some mining, and then um, I was working on rosters. And, I yeah, I had no intention of, I guess, doing anything of this profession yeah. sport wise, I was just at that time, I was just surfing flat out and spearfishing. I was just doing sports that made me like happy and yeah. having fun. Like there's no, there's no real competing. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, you go for a surf and yeah, I, I guess that, yeah, you go for a surf and they, it's great and it's fun and it's awesome, but it's not often you get home and you really just like remember that surf or that yeah. wave. It's sort yeah. of, it all just blends together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's now that, I guess, through the path of doing that adventure racing and then following on, I, I have had to sacrifice, you know, the surfing and the spearfishing and all that sort of stuff. But I can look back on some races and some trips I've been around the world and, and whatnot, and I can, uh, yeah, they're some of the, the fondest memories of my life. Yeah. I want to talk about your journey a little bit. Have there been moments in your career where you've had to really hustle to get ahead? Or really make success happen for yourself? Um, yes and no. Yeah, yeah. I guess obviously yes. Um, I guess the the way that I I got a bit of a head start was I actually after my second Ironman that was the first time I qualified for the World Champs. I was in 
uh, Queenstown and a few of us guys went over just down to Queenstown after the race to have a bit of a boys trip down there and I was downhill mountain biking for a couple of days and one of the days I had a crash and um, I hurt my hand and thought nothing of it and then about a month later the doctors rung me back up and said yeah you need to come in right now and it had turned out I'd broken the scaphoid in my hand which is a little tiny bone above your thumb and that uh, put me in a cast and immobilized my, cum, uh, my thumb for two months and then after that come out I still couldn't go to work for another two months so I had four months of work so in that time it was um, I'd just get up at like three in the morning ride to swimming and then swim for an hour and a half and then just ride all around the coast come home run 20 something k and I just did that day in day out for like four months straight and that's where I went from just being you know a rookie having fun to actually going wow um, I'm, I'm going really well and I had the same drive and the same eagerness all through t- 2015 and I was making some major leaps forward then um, but the hard part, hard part is sometimes uh, your brain is stronger than your body. Mm. So, I, what, like I had this desire to succeed so hard, and I was pushing myself so hard. And by the time the end of two thousand and fifteen come around, I in the shape of my life to like I just my body couldn't handle it anymore, and I had some injuries which lasted you know an entire year um, to get right, just because I basically just overtrained myself working too hard. And, and I guess now I've just had to spend the last, uh, I guess, good year and a half um, building back up, but in a way where it's smart. So, you know, you're still trying to get the most out of yourself, but it's consistent all year round. There's like your body handles it. You try not to get injured um, and you're sort of continually improving. Yeah, right. Yeah. How important do you think it is for people to step out and really make success happen for themselves? Um, I think... uh, I think it's one of those things where... Like, if you actually want to do something, right, there's... There's really nothing holding you back apart from yourself. So, like, whether it's financially or insecurities about what other people think and, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people don't do things, but at the end of the day, if it's something that you want to do... Just go out and do it. Hey, I mean, and if it fails and it all comes down and heave, whatever. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. If you can, like, look at yourself and go, yeah, all right, cool. I had a go. Or, you know, yeah, sweet. This actually did work out. I didn't yeah. think it would. Um, you're just not going to know because I think it's very easy to get trapped into a, uh, a very stereotypical way of life where, you know, you see all the time people go to work they hate the jobs, they come home, you know, they drink on the weekends all the time yeah. and it's just in this continual cycle of yeah. like, this is what society's meant to do. So, and I've had a lot of uh, flack for it whereby I'm not following the typical guidelines of society yeah. and life. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is don't let it deter you. Yeah. Follow, like if you've got dreams that you want to follow, follow them. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit. There's a really cool quote that says the best way to predict your future is to create it. Yep. Do you think you've created your future by doing anything in particular, uh, following what you love? And aside from that, do you think that's good advice, following what you love? 
Yeah, I think it is because if you're following what you love doing, you should be happy, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you surf. Mm. You go out and have a surf. Yeah. How do you feel after you're done? Pretty good. Yeah. If I said, hey, JJ, come dig for me on a shovel for all day, how are you going to feel? <laughs> Not that good. Exactly. So, you know, like, you, um, if you are following your are following your dreams and you are making things happen yourself, you, you're going to be happy inside. And, you know, if, if things aren't going exactly the way you anticipated it, but you're still happy, well, I think that's a big win because mm. um, I think that really sets a good tone of your life. And... And you'd also, would you say that you've created your future? And... I'd say I'm creating it. Mm. Um, it's hard to put, I mean, so, uh, it's hard to put an exact measure on like, you know, this is where I want to be or this is how it has yeah. to happen. And that's what I was doing. And then I got, you know, I, I burnt myself out a little bit. So I think it's good to set some goals and from there, sort of loosely follow it in yeah you, you need to um yeah it's a it's a good question but i i'd, I'd say i'm continually creating yeah. your your path I, i'm not sitting idle i guess that's the biggest the easiest way to put it like i'm definitely not sitting idle yeah i'm definitely moving forward you're always looking you're always looking for more mm. <laughs> so yeah but i think it's also important to um to look back every now and then. Yeah. Because if you don't look back every now and then, you sort of... It, it makes it hard to look forward to the even bigger picture because you sort of... It's small steps forward, but when you look back, you go, whoa, you know, I've, I've come really far, yeah. so... And you can lose sight. Yeah, exactly. So you look back, you, you realise how far you have come, and then you, you focus forward again. There's a lot of tension. This is a quite an abrupt change of topic but there's a lot of tension at the moment um in the education system as a whole and whether school's good or whether school's bad what are some tips you'd wish you'd known coming out of school or starting your career um i really wish i would have known that i should have continued swimming lessons when i was like eight (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) that would have been great I think looking back at school, right, um, school was actually pretty good. Like it's, I think it's uh, it's it's very easy at the time to think like this is such a waste of time, mm. and um, but you know once you actually get out into the real world, it's you look back at your school years and you go, whoa, they were so easy. That was so easy. Why didn't I actually a apply myself properly? Um, and be enjoy it because it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's ideal. Um, I don't, I don't think that in a sense that like, uh, schooling has to be like that thing where it's like, you know, you have to get these grades and you have to do this to get to where you want to be. Um, but I think, cause like, I, I, like I said, I didn't, um, I didn't even finish grade 12. I didn't even start grade 12. I, I went straight to an apprenticeship there. And, you know, it's all worked out pretty well for me. But at the same time, like, I, no harm would have come through applying myself more. Mm. Um, who knows? Maybe I could have been doing something completely different if I did. Um, 
I don't know, I think in life there's always these big crossroads that you take where, you know, you take a fork left or right and then your life can go on complete different paths. But I think by at least applying yourself at school and whatnot, it's never gonna it's never gonna set you back, put it that way. Mm. You're never gonna come out of it as a in a worse sense. Yeah. Um whether you turn around later and go, Well, I'm not gonna use any of this and you never do. At least you learnt it, but mm. you know, if you sort of wish later on that you you had you had done a little bit more there, it's um it's a lot harder to turn around and do it later. Do you think that's part of the problem at school is that so the easy years that you get slapped in the face when you come out? Um Well my partner's a teacher and I think um it's getting increasingly difficult for teachers to be able to teach the students because there's so little accountability in schools for the students whereby a lot of the blame gets laid on the teachers. But if the children aren't there to apply themselves and then they blame everything on everything else and, you know, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, I'm, I'm not doing this and... Um, they won't actually be accountable to anything. Well, it makes it very difficult to for the education to sink in. Now, I'm also a plumber by trade, and I run my own business doing that as well. And I have um, trade assistances, and um, I have I've had over the years many many apprentices work under me. And it's I've noticed a big shift in the last couple, well, I guess five or six years or so, uh, whereby seemed like uh, the younger apprentices coming out of school back then used to be extremely hardworking um, because they knew that, you know, this job was actually important and there's a lot of competition for these jobs and whatnot. But, um, and don't get me wrong, I've still had some incredible young workers, like super driven, which is, yeah, it's great to see. But I think the trend that I've seen more so is there's a lot of people whereby unless they've been given a direct instruction, they won't do anything rather than sort of looking around and thinking and going, all right, what can I be doing? Um, how can I be doing this better? How can I be helping this person? Um, it's sort of, you know, I'll just sit down and do nothing and wait for an instruction and, you know, sort of mope around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've definitely noticed a major shift in that uh in that department, which is, yeah, a little bit of an off-tangent from the question, but... Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's definitely noticeable. Yeah. Being an athlete, what is your lifestyle? And is this your ideal lifestyle, or are you on the road to that? Um, so, at the moment, this is a... This is a very extremely difficult part of, I guess, where I am in my career, because... I am not at a level where I can make a full-time income off of the sport. Uh, therefore, I have to work, which I run my own plumbing business. And I mean, last year it was it was mostly ideal for half the year. I was sort of working a couple of days a week, a few days a week, picking jobs here and there, making it work around my training. Um, but then at the end of the year, I was extremely busy. So, you know, there's so many times where I'd be getting up at 3 a.m., training before work, go to work all day, um, physical job, I'd get home, I'd be trained at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and you're also competing against guys and I train with them where, you know, they finish training, they go home and have a sleep and they get up 
and they do the next session and they go home and put their legs up. So it's it's one of those things where like you can't really support yourself financially unless you're working, but the working's also having a negative effect on your performance. So it's sort of a catch twenty two yeah. there. Um, yeah, which is which is very difficult, but um, I'm working on it. The, the, the results are slowly starting to come through. Um, and I, I think I'm always going to have to do some some work, but if I can scale the work down whereby you can actually get your recovery in mm. and um, the training sessions make priority, that's where, uh, that's where the consistent results come from. All right, yeah. Yeah. Well, being a triathlete and an competing in triathlons your performance on that day is largely responsible for for your overall success yep which is it's quite a big thing yep (laughs) um how do you deal with that in terms of training and the work involved behind the scenes now that you've uh, you've learned about all burning yourself out and it's it's brutal it actually really is especially in the long course racing because um, if I was to race five Ironman in a year, that is considered a lot of racing, like a lot of Ironmans. You can you do smaller races um, all out through the year, but you know two, three, four Ironmans, even four is quite a large amount. So you don't get the opportunity to race super frequently through the year. So. Like, my last race that I did was Taiwan, where I was having the best race of my life. You know, that was potentially going to be a massive breakthrough for me. Um, fastest bike split, let off the bike, first in a transition, and then had the issue with my back. And that was largely due to, like I was saying, burning myself out, mm. you know, getting up at three, training, you know, doing 10, 12, 14, 16-hour shifts at work, and you're not sleeping much, and, you know, just trying to make ends meet. But... um I haven't raced since and it's still going to be a couple of months until I'm back actually back at like proper fitness to race again. And it's just frustrating because you know how close you were and how good you were. Then you have a big setback and you know, then you have to build back up to where you were. So I think it's one of those things where if you're, you can be very, um, well, you've got to have a thick skin and sort of look at it as like a holistic and overall approach. Cause if you're, you really get beat up by one result. You know, sometimes there can be an entire year where you have bad results. Um, like I was saying last year was quite tough, but, you know, if you got that disheartened whereby you just hung it up, which I know people that have done done that, they were nearly made in the sport and they had a couple bad results and bad results and they just went, done, and they quit and that was it. Um, but the next year could be the one that you actually break through, so... If you can see the uh, the cards falling into place, you you just have to look at it as a big picture, hey. Mm. And as much as it absolutely sucks because the performances are so critical, mm. um, everyone's been through it, hey. It's like uh, we had in our squad, you know, some of the best athletes in the world train with us. Um, and I've watched multiple of them go through multiple injuries where they're at the top of their game and... Um, you know, it's put them out for a long time and it's, uh, yeah, 
it you feel for anybody that's going through it but everyone goes through it when when things do go right it makes you appreciate them so much more mm. and um you really remember them yeah what keeps you motivated to keep training and keep waking up and going for a ride um it's pretty simple really like if if it's something you actually really want to do like i when you want to succeed at something it's it's not that hard when you've got the goal and you've got a passion to do it and the will to succeed's there as soon as that will to succeed dies and you don't want to do it anymore i guess that's when you really need to assess it's like well you know is the early mornings and is all the hard work worth it but you know if you actually do want it well you look at what the result is or what you're actually aiming to achieve and my in my sake like this year i you know actually love to crack a big ironman race um i was very close last year get on the podium it'd be it'd be great so when you're training you're like well what am i training for and you know what you're training for um and I guess that's what gets you out of bed because you know that if you're not doing the sessions, you're only cheating yourself. And trust me, in, in this sort of um, in this sort of racing, it's being the long course triathlons. There's no hiding. So in the shorter ones, if you're fit and you've got talent, you can get by through the race. You can do quite well or, you know, you can not do too bad and sort of hide. But in the long course racing, when you're out there for eight, eight and a half hours, tested. like if you crack, like you're cracking big time, like it hurts so bad um, and you just can't fake that. But it's a very awesome feeling too when you're in these races and you're actually in them and you're like you're racing and as silly as it sounds, it's actually through all the pain and everything of it, it's actually a lot of fun. Mm. Um, it's a very strange sort of fun. It's yeah, I, I think just being in your own brain for so long and I guess, you know, you can wake up after an Iron Man and you go to roll over and everything hurts, right? Just like your core hurts and your arms hurt and your legs are killing. And then you just like, wow, I did this to myself. <laughs> what do you? What do you like? What's going through your head when you're racing and catching uh, someone? You or? just, you, usually it's hurting that much that you just like, I just want to stop. But uh, everyone goes through a point where it's like, I want to stop, I want to stop, I want to stop. Um, but at the same time, there's also another side of you going, no, nah, you can't stop. You know, why is your pace dropping? This guy's how far is the guy in front of you? He's not that far, you know. Or the guy behind you, and, and you've got this sort of you've just, your brain's just always, always ticking over. Um, there's a lot going on through your head, and you get you start you get very delirious. So things in your brain seem very clear, sort of, but then someone else might have spoken to you that day, and you know they're just like, yeah, no, I'm almost home trying to say something to you you'd reply with complete garbage so i don't remember that <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh it's a a very physically challenging sport um and a very mentally challenging sport which is i think um it's quite unique in that sense mm. so your brain plays such a huge part in it because it's like if i was to say to you 
I don't know. Do you know much about running speeds? No. Um, okay. Let's just say if I was to say to you, come to the track and we'll do two laps and you've got to run it at the pace I do. And then um, you do that. You'd be able to do it. You'd be like, okay, cool. But then if I was to say, I'm going to put you up against Mo Farrell and you have to run two laps at his pace, you won't be able to do it. Mm. So then it's like, well, what's, what's the issue? Is it your speed or is it your endurance? And you've just clearly shown that you can run the pace that I can run for the two laps, but you've just got to do it for 50 laps. Yeah. So then it's like this thing in your head where it's like, well, no, physically, physically I probably can do it, but mentally your brain's just screaming saying, stop, 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 stop. And you've just got to train your body and your brain and um, your muscles and everything to uh, be able to process and accept it. Just so, problem solving. Yeah, it is. It's, I don't. Know, it's a quite a complex sport at the end of the day, but mm. it's it's very simple, but it's very complex. It's um, I I love it. I enjoy it. Do you keep habits day to day? Um. Yeah, I guess we all keep habits in like it's probably indirect, but, I mean. We usually always swim first in the morning. Um, and then it just depends if it's a day where I'm um, working or not. So usually I'd either swim and go to work and then train after work mm. or swim, usually then get on the bike, um, have some food, rest, do another session in the afternoon and I guess make sure that you're trying to get good sleep, good food um, and you just get into a routine. of yeah, it, get, it gets into a very, very easy routine where you don't even think about it. You just... You know when you're not sleeping enough, so if you've got to have naps, so be it. Your weekends actually become pretty boring in the sense of, you know, if you're not training, you're usually trying to rest and um, and whatnot, but it's... Uh, it's all for that one goal. Yeah, really, and you, I don't know, I lose track of what days it is. Like, I don't even know what day it is today. <laughs> it's it, Monday. Oh, there you go. It's like Sunday, Monday, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm sort of lucky that I can work for myself as well, whereby I can sort of be a bit more flexible. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we've, we've all got habits and I guess you get into a routine whereby um, the habits become, I guess, just like a daily part of life. Mm. And you say that that influences your training ethic? Um, I think they work hand in hand, to be honest, because mm. if I was going to the pub every Friday night, Saturday night, and it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this session today. I'm a bit tired, and um, uh, I might stay up really late tonight and watch a movie until midnight, and I'll be tired tomorrow. And, you know, if the structure isn't there, then your performance is going to majorly suffer. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to try have the lifestyle change whereby the the performance isn't suffering due to you know, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, And then I guess when that comes fairly routine, um, it's not so bad. But on saying that, like, there's always room for improvement um, to make things run better Mm. and smoother and whatnot. So you've mentioned what keeps you motivated on somewhat a physical level. Yep. I'm interested to know what is your fuel, your drive for life and to wake up every morning and not just go and train but just your ultimate drive for life um 
I guess... That's a very good question. I don't know. I, I guess I know what's on the other side of... I guess what's on both sides of the fences, whereby um, I know what it's like working full-time, working your guts off, and I also know what it's like, you know, living overseas and training full-time. Um, and I can balance that, but it's also a great way to live. My partner's involved in the sport too. We do a lot of traveling together. Um, I'm very happy in life. It's it's going I yeah. I in the sport, like obviously I'm driven for success and um like I want those results to come through and very determined to get there. But then in a life sense, um you know, you you can just look at people when they're not happy. You know, you can look at people when they're just doing the daily grind to and from work and, like, that's their life. Mm. And it's just like, nah, I don't want that. Yeah. Like, it's... There's more to life than that. There's so much more to life than that. Um, live it. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually yeah, live... Life. Like, actually live your life. Like, yeah. it goes... It, you know, I'm 28 now and... Like, how old are you now, JJ? 15. Yeah, 16 so... 16 and like, a month. Gosh, I've known you since you were born. <laughs> And then if I could have went back to when I was 15, it's like, it's such a cliche, like, thinking about, you know, how fast you grow up and whatnot, but you do, hey, and it'll be, like, you'll be 28 in no time. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can look back, you know, they might be 30, they might be 40, they might already be 15 looking back to when they were 10, but, (laughs) um, you know, a lot goes by and I can definitely say that in the time from, I guess, when I was 15 to now, I can go, wow, yeah, like, a lot's actually happened, hey, like, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how I've been jamming life together, like, it, it's, um, yeah, it's going okay, some people are, some people are driven by money and finances and, you know, um, wealth and whatnot, and some people are driven by other things, um, so, yeah, for me, it's just live, live your life that you've been given hey mm. it's like we're very fortunate to have you know where we live and uh, i've done a fair bit of travel through asia and i don't know you see some of the the way that they live and get by in life and i don't know we're, we're pretty privileged over here mm. hey we're extremely privileged so i think um just don't take it for granted mm. damn it Thanks so much for being a part of the podcast and sharing your advice so That's all right, abundantly in your story. And I only wish the best for 2019. And Happy. Been, been a blast. Happy to be on here. <laughs> First one for uh, 2019, yeah, is it? It is. Good way to kick it off. I reckon. Cheers, Very good, bro. mate. Easy. And that's the cut. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rate it on iTunes or let me know what you think of the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you want to find out more about what we talked about, you can see the show notes and photos on my blog at julianmunyard.com. To contact me or find out more about what I do, search for Julian Munyard on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I want to play you out with my favorite part of this episode. It's worth listening to. And thank you for listening to JJ Live. 
I think it's one of those things where, like, if you actually want to do something, right, there's there's really nothing holding you back apart from yourself. So, like, whether it's financially or insecurities about what other people think and, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people don't do things. But at the end of the day, if it's something that you want to do, just go out and do it. Hey, I mean, and if it fails and it all comes down and heave, whatever. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. If you can, like, look at yourself and go, yeah, all right, cool. I had a go. Or, you know, yeah, sweet. This actually did work out. Didn't yeah. think it would. Um you're just not going to know because I think it's very easy to get trapped into a uh, a very stereotypical way of life where, you know, you see all the time people go to work, they hate the jobs, they come home, you know, they drink on the weekends all the time yeah. and it's just in this continual cycle of yeah. like, this is what society is meant to do. So, and I've had a lot of uh, flack for it whereby I'm not following the typical guidelines of society yeah. and life, but... Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is don't let it deter you. Yeah. Follow, like if you've got dreams that you want to follow, follow them. Yeah. 